The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papagiorgio, and I'm here today at the International Christian Film Festival interviewing actor and author Sam Sordo. Sam Sordo is known for her quick wit, fun personality, voracious work ethic, and strong commitment to principle. She holds many titles, including radio host, actress, international model, activist, author, wife, mother, and homeschooling advocate. Sam's new book, They're Your Kids, An Inspirational Journey from Self-Doubter to Homeschool Advocate, recently released to rave reviews. Of course, the Sorbos homeschool their own three children. Sam and Kevin have just completed filming a movie based on her story, written by Dan Gordon and Sam Sorbo, and directed by Kevin Sorbo. The film, Let There Be Light, stars Kevin and Sam with their two boys, Brayden and Shane, and features Dion Warwick, Michelle Francis, Travis Tritt, Daniel Roebuck, Gary Grubbs, and Donnell Artis. Executive producer Sean Hannity also plays himself in the movie, and it's due out for Christmas 2017, which actually it's already out then. It's already out. <laughs> well, well, I've got to update the bio a little bit. <laughs> well, and I need to pay better attention to what I'm reading. <laughs> Welcome, Sam. I'm thank so you. thankful for the opportunity to interview you today. Thank you so much. I have to clarify one thing. It, okay, it, sure. It's, it, it's just because it's, it's based on a story that I created, but it's not based uh-huh. on my personal story. Got it. So that's also a mistake in my bio that I'm going to have to create <laughs> the story of the film Let There Be Light. And by the way, it did come out in theaters actually in October. Okay. And we spent about six months in theaters, or sorry, four months in theaters. We just came out on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's on DVD. It's available at Walmart. And and I should point out, uh, we're selling it, we're, we're bundling it together with a devotional that my husband and I wrote called Share the Light, which is uh, kind of a putting feet to your faith and encouraging people in different ways that they can get involved in their community. We're we're very sort of reluctant to participate now. I think the advent of social media has has created a little bit of a gap between people that we're more on our on our devices than we are face to face. I know you and I are sitting face to face. It's fun, right? <laughs> it is fun. But you're used to sort of being on a device and that creates a gap and so I'm trying to encourage people to go out into the world and let's bring Christianity back out into the world because we need these values. We need to uphold virtue and truth and honesty and we're we're losing that these days. So, Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so we're, we're bundling it for Mother's Day and for Father's Day. It makes a great Mother's Day, Father's Day gift. The DVD together with the book, Share the Light. I mean, let's talk about homeschooling. Yeah, life schooling, let's do. I love to talk about that. Yes, and I love the way you put life schooling because that's really what it's about. We're not, we're not raising our children to grow up and get a job. Mm-hmm. And that's what the school system, that's the school's design, which is, which is, uh, awful. I was going to try to make excuses, but it's pretty awful. If I love how blunt you are. Like, you just say it. Yeah. It <laughs> you know? It's, it's, it is. If that's your highest goal for your child is for them to get a good job, like, or to get a job, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, right? What is the, what is the goal of our school system is um, um, college prep and career readiness. And college prep is just more career readiness. So it's all about career readiness. That, that's a horrible goal mm-hmm. to aspire to. It is. So it is. because because as we all know, career won't bring you happiness. Mm-hmm. 
That's not what ha you know. Some happiness, a little happiness here and there, some happiness, right, but doing not what God's called you to do. Right, not sure. enduring, lasting happiness. Right. That comes from serving other people and being in relation. Mm -hmm. so. Exactly, exactly. It's all about relationship, and we talk about that all the time. Um, and I just love what you said about. I love the focus of the movie and your goal with that of of bringing people together and that's one thing we see like you were saying so many people are on their devices now and they're behind screens and, and so many conferences homeschool conferences now are online and I think you just miss so much of that interaction right. with people face to face um, so so I love that what yeah. you're saying about that the, the film was was surprising to me because th that wasn't our initial goal our initial goal was the gospel basically to tell a story my my thing is I'm homeschooling three Christian children their faith is challenged every single day by our secular humanist culture every single day in multiple ways and and I'm just blessed that they don't go to school and get challenged every day all the day all the day long all the day long right exactly and so exactly. it just occurred to me one day gee I wonder what it would, what it would be like if an atheist had their faith challenged in a similar fashion, like challenged profoundly, like really, and so that's what the movie's about. It's about an atheist who, who, um, he ends up having a near-death experience, and he sees something that just doesn't jive with the idea that after you die, there's nothing. There's black, nothing. There's not even black. There's literally nothing, right? Right. There was something. And he and and he knew that that something was not like a fantasy because it wasn't his fantasy. So, um, so we we created this movie. It's unabashed about the gospel. Michael Francisi is. Uh, if you don't know him, he actually plays a character that's drawn very much on himself. He was a mafia boss. Oh wow! Who is now a pastor and a preacher. Wow. And, uh, he's got an amazing story, and and the way he puts it in the movie, if you if you watch the trailer, he says to the lead character, "So Jesus got whacked, right?" <laughs> and the lead character, played by my husband, is like, "Well, um, yeah, I've never heard it put that way, but sure, okay, I'll go with it, right?" That's funny. So, um, what was amazing was that people sat in the theaters and clapped at the end of the movie, and then they sat for the credits. They just stayed in their seats through the credits, and then on the way out, they talked to each other. Because what the movie really brought about was our shared humanity. And that's what we have to get back to, is this idea that, okay, we're not called to like each other. We're called to love each other. Exactly. Because we all share this thing called life together. And, and that's more important than anything that divides us, really. So, so... Yeah, we're that's right. that's the message of the movie, and I didn't realize, honestly, I should have known, right? It's, if it's the gospel, that is the message. But I don't know. It, it 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 really impacted me that the movie had such an effect on people, and that's um, neat. So, yeah. Well, and I I love I love what we're seeing today. I feel like there's almost like this revival happening in film, and Christians are now. Um, just doing much more in the area of film, and you see more yeah. Christian movies coming out and higher quality. Christian well, it's movies. a lot more accessible, right? Right. The, the cost true. of the equipment has gone down. The cost of not the cost of um, services, but the, the the need for such extensive services and the need right. for so many people to work on a film has gone down. And the level of filmmaking has improved, I think, simply because more people have realized this is this is a way to share the gospel. Jesus was a storyteller. 
Right. First, I mean that. that and if that was the methodology that he chose, then that's the method that I choose, right? Exactly. Who am I to reinvent that way? Something different. That. Yeah. Exactly. I know. It's so true. Um, so let's talk a little bit. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk talk homeschooling. Yes. Tell us how you became a homeschooler and how has that impacted your life, your family's life? I mean, we're talking about relationship, and I know for so many homeschoolers, that's the biggest impact is just the relationships that are built and solidified because you're home with your kids yeah, all day, every day. So give us a little background on how this happened for you. Well, and I should point out, this is in my book there, Your Kids, which is available at samstorbo.com. Um, I tell my story, but I also tell the story of the schools, mm -hmm. and public schools in particular. We moved for the schools. We moved to a better school district. Right, as so many do. So excited <laughs> for my kid to go to school. And, and my first inkling... And it's funny, it didn't, it, it sort of, it, it uh, jarred me, it kind of irritated me, but I didn't do anything about it. And I, and so I imagine that a lot of parents go through this, is when you, when you're going to take your kid in for his first day in first grade, which I, my oldest was going into first grade, so it was the day, the, the weekend before first grade starts, they post your teacher assignments. They don't post it any earlier than that because they don't want any flack from parents. You get the teacher that we give you and right. sit down and shut up. Right. Never okay. mind that they're your kids. Just Never mind. No, no. They're We're not signing. Your, that's the point, <laughs> right? They're not your kids anymore. Right. Once they get you've into handed the school, them over. you've handed them over. However, what parents don't realize is they're still your responsibility to educate because there have been multiple lawsuits by parents who have sued the school system for not teaching their children to read. Really? Yeah. And they've lost every single case. Who has? The parents? The, par uh, the parents. It's their wow. responsibility to teach the children to read, not the parents. Not huh? the schools, sorry, huh? not the schools. Interesting. And the, by judge's decree. But do, aren't we told that the schools got it under control, that the right, schools right. are going to handle everything? So anyway, I dropped him off first grade. First grade was great. He had a great time, and I was the guilty parent. I was always helping out. I was always taking the kids to the library or grading papers for the teacher or helping cre create cleaning up, whatever. And then in second grade, it was the same sort of thing, but five months into second grade, my son had turned in five book reports, and I haven't gotten one back. And so one day after school, I'm helping the teacher clean up, and I really like this gal, but, but I liked her as a person. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't judge her as a teacher because I'd never gotten any, any reviews or anything, right, but I liked right. her as a person. Right? So I was sort of lulled into this, she's a nice person, everything's fine. And one day after school, I said, how are Braden's book reports? And she said, oh, not very good, without batting an eyelash. Wow. Like, quick as a wink. Oh, not very good. I thought she was joking. I'm like, what? Thanks for telling me. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, really not good. And so, so that started a whole thing. So I was like, okay. Uh, I tried to make excuses for her. Like, oh, well, she's overburdened. Oh, no, she's got right. too many. She had a lot of problem kids in the class. She had five serious problem kids. I remember mm -hmm. the day that I went in, and she's like, today was a really good day. And I'm like, oh, really? Why? What happened? She said, all five of my problem children are going to whatever special resources or whatever they call it now. They're being removed from the classroom for a period of time during the day, and that was like a big win for her. Wow. Right. Wow. Right. And I remember the day that I came to pick, to pick Braden up, and she said, Today your son was amazing. I sat him with, you know, Tyler 
who was one of the problem kids who like swore at adults and stuff like really a, a, oh, there's a good influence an unruly <laughs> child right she said I sat your son with Tyler to see if he could if he would rub off on him and it was just great your son helped him with math for 45 minutes and it wasn't there wasn't an issue at all and and I'm looking at her in my head there's a little voice going not his job that's not his job for real oh my goodness yeah so so there was so there was that there was the book report and then we went away for 2 weeks and when you take your children out of the school if if you don't if you don't do work like they will give you work to do to bring back and if you do it they get money Oh, and if really? you don't do it, they don't get money because your know child that. is not in the school. Wow! So I was the good parent, and I was abiding by all the rules, and so I did all the work, right? So I went and I said, "Okay, we're going to be gone for two and two and a half weeks. I can't remember, but um, you know, give me the work." So they put together this packet of work for the second grader, and I got to tell you, the first day we sat down to do it, Brain goes, "Oh, mommy, mommy, teacher doesn't make us do this in class." And I'm like, well, she gave it to me for you to do, so you must be mistaken. No, no, Mommy, no, I know. These, these pages are the pages we don't have to do in class. And I'm like, well, she gave it to us, so we're going to have to do it. And what I realized is she had sent home busy work, just sort of whatever she could find, just whatever, right? But it put me in the horrible position of being a taskmaster right when the teacher had told him he didn't have to do it so it made me not just like like the 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 authority Mm -hmm. it didn't it it undermined my authority it made me the bad guy right because now i was making him do stuff that the teacher didn't make him do right which i resented well sure (laughs) (laughs) i don't blame you and so the more the more I thought about it, the more just I just got annoyed with it, and I started thinking, oh, and and so what happened was we we did the work. I hurried him through it because it really it's second grade work. It really wasn't hard. Mm-hmm. But then the more I looked at the work, the more I thought, you know, this just I don't like this. So I pulled out a sheet of paper and I started teaching him stuff that I wanted him to to know to mm-hmm. to learn, and um, that was a lot more fun than doing what the teacher was bidding us to do. Mm-hmm. And that got me that got me thinking, maybe maybe I need to homeschool. <laughs> so I went to Kevin and I said, I'm thinking about doing this. And he was like, I don't know, Sam. I mean, that's a big job. You don't know. <laughs> and I said, just, I literally, and this is what I tell parents who are considering, don't sign up for college. Like, don't sign up for the whole 12 years plus, right? Right. It's too big to think about. Just do a semester. Just try it for a semester. And if your child is older, you might want to commit. You might want to consider that even that first semester isn't going to give you a good representation of what homeschool will be like because they need to detox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They they are so... They've been taught to hate learning. They've been taught to hate learning. They've been taught to hate authority. Mm-hmm. They've to resent authority anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been taught to sit down and shut up. They they must resent that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they have to that has to get undone. And and I've seen. Are you familiar with Carol Joy Side? No, I'm not. So she's a homeschool advocate, um, and and I've seen her counsel parents. She counsels a lot of parents, and I've seen her counsel parents. Don't do anything. Like your your child, you're taking them out of seventh grade. Okay, do nothing 
and this is for now don't get me wrong okay this is a particular counseling for a particular student that she knew mm -hmm. she said don't do anything with this young woman for a year give her the classics tell her she needs to read a book a week that's it like like just take them out of that and don't try to recreate what has failed for them exactly at home exactly. and that's where we because you and I well I went to public school I imagine I didn't okay well, I went to uh, Christian school well fine okay <laughs> sorry so you're you're already a step ahead right but but people have gone through the public school system we are so indoctrinated that I'm still discovering years years after I've been out of the system I'm still discovering how influenced I am by the system mm -hmm. how influenced I could and continue to be by the system right well and, and I'm thankful for my Christian schooling I'm very thankful for it but even Christian schools are kind of modeled after public school only the Christianized version so I mean I am so grateful I got tons of scripture memory I mean I can spout off scripture I got doctrine theology which was wonderful but it was still this idea of all kids in third grade need to learn this information all kids in fourth grade learn this right. it's like cogs in a machine right well that's what it is it's Marxist okay it came yes. from Germany <laughs> we inherited from Bavarians and uh, it's really putting kids on a conveyor belt mm -hmm. and trying to stamp out fully formed workers mm -hmm. at the end of the conveyor belt and mm -hmm. unfortunately or fortunately humans aren't machines no we're individual unique creations that God created with a specific unique purpose so why are we treating children like they're all the same well, it's the so anti-biblical I'll tell you that one it's, it is and one of the greatest things that um, one of the, the greatest epiphanies that I had I was coming out of a church service and there was a gal there who knew that I was a homeschooler and so she grabbed me by the hand she said come and talk to my husband and I'm like, okay, <laughs> way to put me on the spot, but okay. So I go over and this big burly guy, and he just hits me up with the, the question of the year. Why, what's so great about homeschooling? Why should I homeschool? Five seconds. Hmm. Oh, how do you fit it in five seconds? <laughs> and, well, I tell you, you want to know how? Tell me. I don't think my children belong in an institution. Do you? There you go. I, it, it, seriously, like, it just literally... That's very good go five seconds. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't yeah. believe my children belong in an institution. Right. So Plain and simple. And, and, and yet, some days, I would argue they do. <laughs> <laughs> some days we do, after dealing with them all the time. <laughs> but I think, uh, part, I think part of the struggles that we have as homeschoolers, where we're feeling like, oh, this is too hard, is that we've set our standard at some unattainable public school standard, which doesn't actually exist because they don't they don't make it either. Right, exactly. Well, the Bible says, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I feel like, I mean, sure, there's going to be some tough times in homeschooling. There are some things that are going to be a little bit more difficult, but I think overall, if you're on God's path, if you're doing what he's called you to do with your children, his yoke is easy and well, his burden is light. There's a piece there. Yeah, here's the thing. It's not homeschooling that's difficult. It's parenting. Right. Parenting is challenging. And parents who say to me, um, oh, I don't have the patience to homeschool. Mm -hmm. Oh, that one gets them. me. 
Well, I look at them and I say, maybe God gave you children to teach you patience. Exactly. I tell you, God has taught me so much through my children. And if I hadn't homeschooled, I never would have done this movie. I never would have written books. I never would have, I don't believe that I, that I would have done any of the things that, that God has led me to in a sense through my children. Mm -hmm. So I agree. So children are the completion of the God-child relationship that I the God-child relationship that I have with with my savior. Mm -hmm. My children in a way complete that relationship because they are now showing me different ways that I relate to God. It's I mean it's a really beautiful profound thing. And then I say to parents, you know, what if if, if you believe the children are a gift from God, which I absolutely, they're a gift from God, right? Why would you send them to someone else to open and enjoy? Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, exactly. And so if you're not enjoying yourself, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be fun 24-7, but it should be enjoyment. And and it is hard work, but hard work is enjoyable. That's why right. Jesus said, "My burden is light." Yes, it's hard work. Look but at he what he did. did. Look at what he did. Mm -hmm. And yet he still says, "My burden was light," because he was sent to serve, and that's exactly what he did. He fulfilled his purpose, and there's great joy in the fulfillment of purpose, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and and of course, then there's the the other tenet of all that is what you are. Uh, modeling for your children as a homeschool parent and finding joy in the work finding finding joy in your children showing them that they are joy that they're not a burden can you imagine the child whose parent drops them off at school just go to school just I'll talk to you afterwards right or something right right that child is being taught uh, and, uh, you're, you're a burden. A, you're a burden. You're, it's hard from. You're a hardship. I don't want to deal with you. Get away from me for a while. Oh, I need my mommy time. I mean, I remember, and this is in the book too, because all these stories. As I started writing the book, all of these different angles started hitting me. Um, these realizations, and uh, um, one day, I guess it was the beginning of second grade. There was a text that went out to everybody, to like all the moms. It's back to school day, you know, crocodile tears, things. Let's go, let's go. You go it, first, yeah. Let's go have a pity party. But wow. they meant a celebration, right? Drop your kids off and then come mourn with us, or, you know, that kind That's of thing. That's awful. And you remember the commercial um, for uh, Staples or Office Max or one of those stores, right? It's the most wonderful yeah. time of the year. When you're dropping your kids off to a complete stranger mm -hmm. to get away for indoctrination in values that you don't ascribe to, right. in values that are antithetical to Christian values. So, Christian parents, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're giving away God's gift to you mm -hmm. to be indoctrinated against you. Mm -hmm. And. The reason is because schools tell us, and we've been taught, we've been completely indoctrinated, and I, w and I would say that you have as well, even having gone to a Christian school, mm -hmm. that learning is hard and teaching is harder. Right. Well, congratulations. And it takes an expert. And it takes an expert, <laughs> exactly. Congratulations, because their job security numbers, right, they've really right. ratcheted up the job security. The fact is, you don't need an expert at a blackboard to teach you anything. And so, 
There's another thing that I, uh, another little litany thing that I run through with parents who say that they can't homeschool, they could never imagine. And I say, well, did you graduate high school? Oh, yeah, I graduated high, man, I went to college. Okay, so you're a high school graduate. Uh, public school? Yeah, yeah, public school. It was a good school. You know, that's their answer, uh-huh. right? And I go, okay, so you graduated high school, but you feel incapable of teaching a third grader? And yet, you're willing to send your precious child, your third grader, into the system that turned out the likes of you? Like, think about that. As incapable as you feel, you are conscribing your child to that and more. Because it's worse now. It's worse now. It just is. Everybody knows it's worse. Nobody's willing to admit it. Look. We've had nine overhauls of our public education system in the past 30 years. Wow. That's one every three years, each one purporting to fix right. the whole system, <laughs> right? And none of them having worked, obviously, because we always need another one. Common Core is the latest, billions and billions of dollars. I think Indiana signed up, spent $8 billion, and then dumped it. Mm. But it's in. The, but by the way, just so we're clear, it's in all the textbooks. Oh, yeah. Now, here's They're the, all aligned. Right. And here's the thing. Somebody's making money. Oh, yeah. It's not the schools. It's not the teachers. It's not even the teachers' unions unless they're doing some back backroom dealing, which which I imagine they are because Michael, Michael uh, Mulvey, I think is his name, um, and you can look it up. It's on uh, YouTube. There's a video of him te- speaking at the... Um, at the uh, NEA in New York, and he and he says, with his fist raised, he says, um, "I will punch, I will, I will punch you, and I will push you to the ground if you try to take my Common Core away." Oh, lovely. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So he said that, and you go, "Well, that's terrible. Like that's bullying. That's bullying, right? right? Yeah. And he's the head of the Teachers Association. Wow. Okay." 2,000, 3,000 teachers in the room all cheered him, Mm. okay? And you wonder why we have a bullying problem in our schools. Right. (laughs) So I'm just saying, you know, why why is he so emphatic about Common Core? What what was in it for him? Mm -hmm. Something. Has to be something. Because there are a lot of reports the teachers didn't like it. They were being told what to teach, how to teach, mm-hmm. all the different uh, little check marks that they had to do. Right. And in my book, I go into Common Core in more depth. Um, I'm not going to do it here, but um, it breaks my heart because um, they've changed the, you know, the standard algorithm for um, uh, multiplication, division. Mm-hmm. They've, they've reworked it. So they do this thing called lattice math. I saw a video about that. that okay, you have to get my it's book. Crazy. It's in my book. I, I show the, the sort of the process of lattice math. Suffice it to say, first of all, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. And it's complicated to draw. So if you're a third grader or a fourth grader trying to draw the lattice and make sure everything lines up, mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes. But the problem is you can't go back up through the lattice very easily because it's so complicated to figure out what your mistake was. But not only that, the standard algorithm teaches the ones, the tens, the hundreds place. It teaches the the symbolism that's within math. Right. Whereas the lattice method basically teaches that math is magic. I'm tutoring a girl right now who's in 11th grade, so she's doing... um, um, algebra and pre-calc, I guess. Uh, maybe a little bit of calculus. And she's been taught that she's stupid. 
because yep, I can relate. <laughs> if you get left a little bit behind in math, you're you get lost right. in a sense. Oh yeah. And I went through that myself. Yeah. Okay. And and that that slays me because I love math. Really? And so for her, I'm uh, we what's yes. what's fascinating is she's starting to get it. Oh, I have to tell you. She got an 86 on her last quiz. Oh wow. Which which she's been failing. So that's a huge wow. that's a huge win. And such an encouragement to her. And I'm such sure. an encouragement to her. So she's yeah. starting to to get it. Mm -hmm. Math is a language. Yeah. We don't teach it like it's a language. We teach it like it's like it's some foreign I don't even I don't even know. Like I mean, and now with Common Core, we're not even teaching it. We're teaching magic. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen is children will fall away from math. Now, why are they doing this? I don't know. Um, because it's easier to control uh, an ignorant public. I, I, that's one reason to yeah. do it. I mean, you need to understand what you're dealing with when they make it so you don't even understand. And that was always my struggle. It's like, okay, I know the steps, but I don't get what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And, of course, when you get behind and they keep on going, it's... Yes. Yeah, it's discouraging, and that goes back to, again, homeschooling is such a tailored, tailored to the individual, and I think if I had been at homeschool, I probably would have loved math, because my husband, he was a math major, he tells me all the time, oh, you'd be so good at that abstract math. I'm right. Like, like but, I never but learned here's my the thing. multiplication. Look, if we, as Christians, if we concede that God created everything, then mm -hmm. everything is interrelated, and actually exactly. everything, every study reveals God. Math reveals God in logic, that mm -hmm. there are laws and rules. And and it's beautiful, mm -hmm. and yet in school we we bifurcate or or try uh, what is multifurcate. <laughs> Everything segmented. Yes, exactly. So we segment everything, yeah. and so uh, by isolating yeah. math and saying math is math and it has nothing to do with anything else, basically. Right. Um, then the kid can go well. Then then I give up on math. Right. But I'm good with reading, or I'm good with this. Look, I went through school, and we they bifurcated. Um, at that point, it was just bifurcated into sort of math and science mm -hmm. or reading and the humanities, right? Well, I hated reading and I hated writing. So I, so, and I, I love math. And, <laughs> and I love math. So uh -huh. I was like, okay, so I'm a math person and that's who I am. And I completely self-identified mm -hmm. and I completely limited myself. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? I'm a writer today. So there you and go. And a good writer. I love that article oh, you wrote. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That was a very good one, and I'm going to be sharing it, too. Um, so something I wanted to ask you is um, with your traveling, because I know being an actress and your husband's an actor, you're traveling around doing things. How does that all work into this whole life schooling kind of thing, and, and what does that look like in your homeschool? That's partly why we, why we homeschooled, right? So the mm -hmm. first story I told you... Or, the third story, whatever it was, <laughs> this was is great. You have plenty to talk about right, because we traveled, and I and so so the traveling combined with the fact that the school wasn't getting it done, I was like, you know what? Let me try this myself. And and I'll tell you, if you read the book, you'll see that I kind of I, I gave myself, I, I held myself to a very high standard when I first started, which is not necessary. Um, I remember when my when my toddler refused to potty train. She, she did not like toilets, and she wanted nothing to do with them. And so I just said to myself, okay, well, by the time she's 16, she will be potty trained. 
Let's hope so. Right. <laughs> but but you know the right. fact is if you if you can just catch a glimpse of sort of far into the future, it will happen. Right. Right. It won't maybe happen today or tomorrow, but it will happen. And so well, I just tried to take the pressure off, and that's what I try to do for for parents who I talk to who, who are just getting into homeschooling. Don't put the bar quite quite that high. Well, again, they're all individual. And I've heard stories oh, sure. of, of kids who didn't learn to read till they were fourth, fifth grade. There was right. a homeschooling mom that was sharing a story about that. And her sons are brilliant. Like They right. went on to be computer programmers and stuff. But can you imagine if they were in the school system, well, suddenly they're they labeled. In a stupid class. Right. They're labeled and would they even become a computer programmer? Because they probably wouldn't even have the self-confidence to feel like they could do it because well, they've already been labeled. And, and here's the thing. It, it, then, then it depends very highly on the parent and how involved right. the parent becomes and whether the parent says, you know, let's try a computer class with you next year. Let's try this with you. Let's try, right? What, what parents don't, uh, don't seem to understand is you can't just drop your kid off at school and then everything works out. Right. That works for maybe a fifth of the population. <laughs> mm -hmm. But for the rest of them, your kids still need you, and they need you involved on a daily basis. And like I say to parents who who um, who don't homeschool, I say, and they say, "Oh, I could never homeschool." I say, "Do you do you do homework with your kids?" Right. Yes, of course I do. Well, we you know the science project and the the essay and blah blah blah. And I say, "Well, then you're homeschooling. You're, you're just doing it. doing it at the end of the day when everybody's tired and cranky and hungry." Exactly. And what what happened with the book report? I guess I didn't finish the story. Is she she gave me. She showed me a really good book report, which now I realize somebody's mother had done because the writing was just great. And she didn't catch on to that. And I didn't. I didn't catch on to it. I was like, "Wow, that's amazing! My kid is stupid." Um, so I went home and I did book report with them every day after school. We would read a chapter and we would write two sentences on their stupid little. They had a little form that filled out or whatever. And I and so I did that, you know, five days in a row, and it was hard because he gets home from school in second grade. He wants to go play. Mm -hmm. So I think what he needs to be doing. Homeschool is child abuse. I, I, like I, you know I what I mean. So. And it puts the parent in that awful position of being a taskmaster. Mm -hmm. And which further like, destroys the relationship. Right. There's there's <laughs> so much that's wrong with this equation. If I could use a math term mm -hmm. to describe a family relationship. <laughs> Um, so, so when I started doing the book report with him every day, I was like, "Gee, I'm. I guess I'm the teacher. I guess I guess the responsibility's on me." And then, after that, she sent with us on that trip. She sent that work that she didn't even assign in class. And I'm going, "Well, now wait a minute. Like this is just. It it just it's not. Here's the thing." We're seeing more and more how unsuccessful okay. um, this this function is, how dysfunctional mm -hmm. the relationship is that we that we as parents have with our schools, and that we gain after school with our children. And more and more, you know, 82% of professing Christian children at their high school graduation are no longer Christian when they graduate college, and that's not the college's fault per se. Because, okay, yes, we live in a secular world, uh, very much secularized in our, in our um, uh, upper, higher level in, uh, learning institutions, universities. Very secular, yes. But you can give your child a firm foundation in faith, but not if you send them to public school. Yeah. 
and you can have a really firm, strong relationship with your child, but not if you send them to public school. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing that always gets me, too, is parents use this argument, well, my children are going to be light, salt and light in the school. You don't send a brand new Christian out to Africa, over to Africa, to be a missionary. So why are we sending our babies, five, six-year-olds, into the system to be missionaries, quote-unquote? They're I, not prepared. I'm sorry. They're not I just, ready. I am so, I find that so... Um, it's naive. Well, it's, well, well here, here's what, okay, here's the, here's the horrible way to take that. I'm not willing to do it myself, so I'm sending my children. I'm not willing to be point. salt and light myself, so I'm going to send my and children. And why do they have to go into the school system this, to be salt and light? They're going to do my service. They're going to do my community service because I want to go have coffee with my friends. Right, right. I mean, I, I just can't even. I can't even. That's what blows my mind. It's like, think about it. Is there is there a good analogy for that? Um, um, oh, I'm going to hang a dog lead in my tree. I want to tie the rope onto the top branch there. But I don't want to climb the ladder, so I'm going to send my toddler to climb the ladder to tie the rope. Well, they're incapable. Oh, really? Well, think about that for a minute. learn. Very few times, right? right? If they fall <laughs> off the ladder, or they, you know, they're, they're incapable of tying the rope. They're incapable of witnessing. Right. They're not capable of witnessing. Right. Shame, shame on you. And yeah. by the way, those are the same parents who drop their kids off at Sunday school every week and never ask them what they're learning. Exactly. The number of parents I, I heard um, somebody talking about this. Uh, talking to a, a Sunday school teacher who had been a Sunday school teacher for 35 years. Not once did a parent ask her what she was talking to their oh, kids wow. about. Wow. And after talking, after hearing, oh, it was Israel Wayne, after hearing him speak, okay. I don't send, I, I stopped sending my kids to, to Sunday school. Now my kids actually go in and help in the Sunday school, and they help the teachers, oh, who sweet. really appreciate it. We but, have a church where they're all in the service, so babies crying the whole bit. And right. you get used to it. It's yeah. no big deal. And the kids learn how to behave. They learn how to sit. They and learn how to listen. My kids come into service, and initially they didn't like it, but they learned mm -hmm. that there was something to be gained mm -hmm. from sitting in the service well, and from learning. The pastor is the one who has been called to teach the church. You know, that that's a biblical, it's laid out in scripture, the, the biblical authority and the roles of elder, deacon, pastor. Um, I'm not going to go so far as to say Sunday school is wrong, but I think if you're always shoving your kids off to Sunday school and they learn that every week church is fun, that's the fun place that we go, yeah. then when they get older, they're expecting big church to be fun and entertain me. There's that. There's also Veggie Tales, mm -hmm. and the, um, I'm told that the creator of Veggie Tales regrets having created it. Why? Oh, really? Because when you when you dumb the Bible down to a bunch of vegetables <laughs> in a cartoon, Sounds it's no wonder that children think that the Bible, especially when the culture is telling them the Bible is a bunch of fairy tales, right? that they grow up and they think, oh, well, it's really just a bunch of fairy tales, and who needs it? Exactly. And so we really do our children a disservice that way. But I remember Absolutely. when our baby, our, our toddler, our first was like a toddler and, and Kevin and I took him to a restaurant we went out to dinner and we didn't want to get a sitter and we just took him and he misbehaved he didn't know what was going on 
and uh, we went home. It was it was a tough evening, and we went home. And Kevin goes, "Well, that's the last time we'll be eating out for a while." And I said, "On the contrary, we're going out to dinner tomorrow night." <laughs> because there's only one way he's going to learn what going out to dinner means. And what people don't understand is children don't know stuff. Right. They're really dumb. Well, I mean, they're really dumb. Right, right. And that's what <laughs> it gets me, too. Like, um, people expect, they'll look at a family whose kids are all well-behaved and, you know, doing what's right. And, yeah. And they'll say, oh, but your kids are so good. Right. Mine aren't like right, that. Right, right. So, like, we snip our fingers <laughs> and they just line up and it's funny. <laughs> do what I, they're told. I have a girlfriend who's a businesswoman, and she's been very successful. And uh, she lives in a community of... of um, um, Desperate housewives, basically. Wow. And so they say things to her like, wow, you're so lucky. She's like, oh, I just landed this contract. They're like, oh, you're so lucky. She's like, yeah, the harder I work, the luckier I get. It's this idea that somehow, for some people, things just happen. And for other people, they don't. That's not the way it works. You put the work in, you get the reward. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, I, I tell you, every single plane ride, it's really gotten to every single plane ride. On the way out, the, the um, flight attendant, one flight attendant at least, will say, those are your kids, they're so well behaved. They were so polite. And I'm like, and I used to say, yeah, I homeschool. But you know what I say now? Yeah, I'm Christian. That's good. That's why. That's good. As explanation. That's, that's where the credit should be given to the Lord. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so. neat. But, but here's the thing. You send your child into a school system, and you think that they're taken care of. I don't care I don't care who you are. You think that you've delegated the responsibility. One, you haven't, because the courts have already proven that. And two, they're not even doing it. Like, you, 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 the responsibility is still on you, and even... You're saying, okay, yes, I, the responsibility is on me, but they're going to get it done. They don't. They won't. We've proven that. And um, so, so then I go. So then I, so then I wrote a devotional for families, covering godly virtue, godly values, godly characteristics, because we want our children to have those those characteristics. Um, and it's called Teach from Love. And I, because the more I thought about it, the more I thought, where are the kids going to get it? They go to, if you send a sixth grader into a room full of sixth graders, where is he going to learn manners? <laughs> Not from other sixth graders. Yeah. He might learn manners, but they won't be good ones. Well, there you go. <laughs> Define manners. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, my children hold the door open for people. And they don't hold it open in the awkward way of, oh, yeah, let me get that as they're going through themselves. Right. No. They walk up to the door, they pull it towards them, and they stand to the other side. Because I've taken the time and I've, and I've taught them that that's the proper way to do it. Mm -hmm. And then the person that they're holding the door for looks at them and goes, oh, well, thank you very much. And they get that reward. Right. They get that, that approbation that children crave. Mm -hmm. And that's how they learn to do good things. Exactly. So, and you have to start young. Mm -hmm. Because you you have to train them to feel, to get that, that hit of, of right. uh, that ser what reward. is it, serotonin? What is it, the thing, I think right? so. It's yeah. a hit of that joy mm -hmm. that they get when they do the right thing. Which, isn't it really nice that God built that in? Oh, yeah. Like, you do the right thing, and there's reward for that. And I think sometimes we don't reward our children enough and praise them enough, but that's all part of 
the Bible again. I mean, we are rewarded someday in heaven. Rewards are a good things. So I think it's it's just wonderful how I kind of built that in. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, I like to ask this question to most of my guests. The definition of life schooling is the individualized process of discovering your child's God-given gifts and talents, primarily through real-life experiences that happen within the context of your family's unique situations and missions. So is there a part of that definition that, for you, really speaks to you that you want to kind of expound upon? Um, I love that because, you know, we're in a culture where... I mean, the American experiment is this idea that anything is possible for anybody, and we've proven it time and time again. The, the traditional method was your child apprenticed in your business and became you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, the farmers, the kids grew up and they took over the farm and, and that kind of thing. And of course, the American experiment is different than that. But that doesn't negate this idea that what you do has value for your children. And also that what they can learn from you, they can't bring to the broader world and do what they, and, and, and pursue their heart's desire either. And so um, the idea that you would involve your children in what you do, my husband, my husband goes to conventions um, as a as an actor, mm-hmm. and the first time he brought, I think Braden was 12 when he brought Braden to a convention with him. It was a daddy son trip, neat. And he put Braden to work at the table, and he came home and he said, "Sam, it's unbelievable. Braden's the best salesman I've ever seen. <laughs> like he just, he's extraordinarily personable, um, and and he and he knows how to sell. And you know, pe- some people just have that gift. They mm-hmm. They're, they're sincere and... And when would you discover that in a classroom situation? Right, right. So my son is, uh, in, a, in a sense, but yeah, so, um, so he, wants, he also wants to go into acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we've actually pursued that, the very definition, right? So we're on set, the kids come mm-hmm. on set. They've, they've been coming to set since they were wee. Um, and that's just, that's normal, but the idea is that they get to know their parents Are really well. Are you studying to be an artist? Right. right. And if, if they don't, that's, I, I, would, I would consider their, that their loss. Not, not that I'm so great, but the relationship that we have you know, they're, they're, they're with me kind of every step of the way. Oh, Mom, are you going to go do that interview now? Yeah, that's they, what I'm going to go do. Right, you know? they really get to know you. They really get to know what your passions are and what right. you're good at. And right. that's, that's relationship. And that's not a loss. It, there's a trade-off, right? So they're not getting to go to school assembly, you know, or they're, they're missing, you know. But, but when I started homeschooling and people were like, wow, what's that like? And I'm like, well, I don't have to get up early in the morning and make lunch. I'm not screaming at my kids to get their shoes on. Uh, I'm not driving back home for the lost back the lost book. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Right? Yeah, and then I skip the drop off the line. Yeah. I yeah. you know I'm skipping all that. There's there's yeah. it is a trade off, but it's a really good trade off. Yeah. And the, this idea of life schooling, the, there's a chapter in my book that I talk about. Um, you know, people say, oh well, everything is a learning opportunity. That. That's, that scratches the surface of the, the idea that everything's a learning opportunity. It, it only scratches the surface. Because when you're in it, 
it's it's so much more profound than every everything's a learning opportunity. Learning takes place regardless. Like right. it's it just it's, right. it's much more profound. And so, you know, my kids are in the car with me and I'm on a business call with a banker. They hear the conversation. Exactly. Um, and they would never know that. So, and I pursue, I'll tell you, I pursue classical conversations. I love mm-hmm. I love the organization and I love the 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 way they set it up and um, it allows me as much freedom as I need, but it gives me the structure that I crave, both. I mean, it's just a great... Right, and that's where you have to do what works for your family, which I say all the time, we're a very relaxed family. But those who are more structured, you you need something like that. And again, it works for your family. That's the whole life schooling thing. Because I tried tried structured, structured, and that didn't work for me. (laughs) Once I got out of the school system, I was like, ah, set me free. But this this I find really great because... um, um, they give me, uh, they 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 give me the materials, and then I decide basically. Right. Anyway, it's been right. very successful. Um, kind of gives you a path, a direction. And, and the idea behind it is that uh, everything, everything, it's like the spokes of a of a of a wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, God's at the center. The spokes are all around, mm-hmm. and so it feeds into this idea of life school, where you. Yes, you have your courses and you're teaching from a book, but you're also teaching from life, from life experience. And it's, that's important. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that, because so many moms, I think, get fearful if they veer off track of the curriculum a little bit because they have, a, you know, Yeah, and that was me, father my first sick. year. Right. It was me my first year. I did every single so lesson many of us. in every yeah. chapter. Right of the book. Because and we're going to get behind. Right. Which, what is that? And yes, so this, I mean, this is a really important message that, that you want to give to people is there, you know, you just said because we get behind, but she did air quotes around that <laughs> because that it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. No. What is behind? That's some artificial construct that people and, made up. And on the, on the flip side, the reverse is also true. So, um, if your child is uh, just gets things really fast, they can move ahead at the pace that they see. Right. And that's a beautiful thing too. So my middle son absolutely adores math. He just he, he gravitated to math without hesitation. So in first grade, um, he finished his first grade math workbook on Halloween. And we started on Labor Day. Mom, <laughs> Mom, I'm gonna do thirty pages today. That's is that okay? Funny. I'm like, um, yeah, go sure. for it. What am I going to say? No, do 10 and call it quits. Yeah. No, that's, so, that's so like my husband. He did the same thing. He went through, and he was in school, regular classroom, so he finished in like six weeks his math, and that poor teacher, she just gave him the rest of the math for, for the whole, well, he finished, you know, the daily lessons, and he was messing around in the back of the class, so right. she gave him the whole year, and he, that's when he finished it in six weeks, and then she right. didn't know what to do with herself, right. because, you know, but right. it's great when they can just take it off. It didn't occur to me that I could do that, I suppose, right. so, you know, because I was really on that treadmill, mm-hmm. but when they didn't put me in advanced math for going into going into junior high, um, I, said, I said to my mother I didn't want to be put in the regular math class, and she said, well, then just do the regular math class over the summer. So for fun, over the summer, I did pre-algebra. Wow. And I did every problem in the book. That's So that I could say that I had finished the book. I mean, crazy. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) 
Yeah, sounds crazy to me. I'm not a math person. <laughs> Don't say that. You just oh, haven't discovered right. your math. Your aptitude. You're right. See, it's still in there. Isn't it crazy how ingrained these thoughts it get, is. though? Because I don't want to think that way. I could be a math person. You I don't could. naturally gravitate towards math, but I could be a math person. I would say, rather than even saying that, I would say, I've been... What's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for a really good word now. I've... Uh, I've uh, I've been averted from math in the there past. There you go. I've been discouraged from math. I'm learning to embrace my math side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I can't believe we're coming up almost on an hour now. Wow, what do I want to ask you? There's just so much. And it's just great. Your wealth of information and passion on this subject, which is what I love. The video that I saw, I think I sent it to you in the first email. Um, of that clip of just how passionate you are about this whole topic and being in the position that you are. It's, this is freedom and uh, on, on a couple of different levels. So now I'll get on my soapbox for just a minute. Do it. Um, <laughs> when, when we are in school, we are in the system and the system is teaching us how to behave. And unfortunately, the system is teaching us socialist behavior. Socialism, uh, it's teaching us that socialism is grandpa with candy. And look at our country now. Look and at the, where it's gotten us. Right. And the, Exactly. And the people who challenge me on that and say, well, where's your proof? I say, Bernie Sanders, an octogenarian socialist, got more votes in primaries than both Hillary and... Wait, got more votes than both Hillary and... Trump combined. That's scary. In the youth vote. Right. From the youth. Not overall, but from the youth. But from the youth, these are recent grads. Mm -hmm. These are kids who are just just finishing going through this socialized and by the way, school is a socialist it's a socialistic concept. Take money from everybody and then redistribute it to the schools, right? Exactly. To the community. Now, here's the thing. Like, I understand what was behind it. Initially, schools were created to teach godly virtue so that we would have a moral society. Boy, that's gone out the window. Okay? So... Well, and they, they were, it wasn't compulsory at the beginning either. When compulsory schools came in, people were out with their guns. I think it was in Maryland or Massachusetts. I mean, parents were up in arms about the whole idea that you're forcing me to put my ki- take my kids out right. of my home. Right. Like, isn't that pretty extreme when you think about when it? You do, it really when is. you think about it. But they call for the common good. Right. right? The, greater the problem good. is they're teaching children that they're accidents of nature, mm-hmm. which means that they have no value. Mm-hmm. And they're teaching bullying in our schools. That's what they're teaching because survival of the fittest, which is the law of the land, and it's the, the consummation of evolution, if you will, is bullying. And then they're saying, oh, but don't bully, which of course is completely contradictory. Right. So what they're saying is survival of the fittest, Break the law if you're the smart one. No, but seriously, like you're laughing. This is this is dangerous. Yeah. This is no, a true. danger to our freedom. So on the superficial level, I support homeschooling because it's freedom for the parents. It's incredible joy and freedom. Um, it's it's the greatest gift, and we need to exercise it, or we're going to lose it. Like in the state of California, what they're trying to do right now right. to the homeschoolers. Okay, but on a on a more profound level, it is the freedom of our nation that rests on this idea 
And so in order to preserve the freedom of our nation, we need to withdraw children from the socialistic system, teach them godly virtues and values, and teach them the, 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 the true history of this country and how great this country is. And this country is the greatest country that the world has ever known and likely will ever know. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, what's your proof for that? The prosperity that we've created is enjoyed worldwide. Right. We're not even selfish. Right. We defeated two nations and then rebuilt them to become <coughs> our competitors. Yeah, that's really amazing when you stop and think about it. And it's all because of the foundation. Again, going back to this whole idea of foundation and 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 just how crucial that is. We're founded on biblical principles. We're founded on Christian principles. And this is the result. And people don't understand that anymore. We're losing that. They've lost the connection. Right. So, you know, people... I, I got into a little bit of a of a tuss on on radio. I didn't realize that I was being interviewed. It was a weird thing, but um, uh, the interviewer was atheist. Oh wow! And I said, "Well, um, do you?" And and I he was sort of challenging me. And I said, "Well, do you believe in slavery?" And he said, "Well, of course not." And I said, "Well, that's a Judeo-Christian principle." I said, "Every every society heretofore, basically." Uh, completely embraced slavery mm -hmm. and it was Christian principles and Christian men who decided that slavery was wrong and started the fight against slavery right and he goes well what about well, you know I can't remember but it was just so silly and I said here's the problem you're trading on moral capital that you didn't earn right you inherited that moral capital because you grew up in a Christian in a Judeo-Christian nation right where we taught those things we're not teaching those things anymore people so we got to buck up and and we have to become as Christians we have to become more vocal and more affirmative in our stance we need conviction absolutely that's so true well I just love your passion on this whole topic I'm thankful that you have the platform you have to spread it around I'm sure people think you're crazy like they think I'm crazy I'm a <laughs> that's okay. no just my kids think I'm crazy <laughs> crazy about them uh, yeah totally um, so just in wrapping it up tell us again where can they get the book and um, Sure. Just let us know where they can get the book. And so if you go to Sam, you want to wrap up thank with. you. If you go, I've sort of preached enough this morning. If you go to samsoba.com, you can get um, They're Your Kids. My devotional is Teach From Love. And uh, um, and then Share the Lights Available. Also there and also on Amazon and uh, in Walmart. And the movie's available, Let There Be Light. You can go to lettherebelightmovie.com to find out how to, how to see it. Um, how to get the DVD, DVDs in Walmart and Amazon and stuff. And, um, yeah. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for being on the show today, Sam. I really appreciate oh, you. Follow me on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram, at uh, the Sam Sorbo Show. Pretty sure that's... And then the official Sam Sorbo Facebook page. Okay. Would be awesome. really helpful. I'm trying to grow my, yeah. grow my reach. Yeah. And let people know. And by the way, if you know anybody who, who is sort of on the fence or who is struggling with their child in school, who, who have, for, for whatever reason has, has a struggle in front of them because their child is um, either gifted in a certain area and not being, being well treated or it, it somehow, you know, struggling, struggling. In, get them the book. Mm -hmm. They're your kids. Yeah. They can do a better job with their child 
with the love that they have for their child. There's nobody that's going to love their child like they do. Exactly. Or know their child like they Unless do. Unless they're really awful people. And then call social services. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 we can cut that part out. <laughs> uh, well, thanks again, Sam, for joining me today here at the International Christian Film Festival in beautiful Orlando, Florida. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And that's Life as a Life Schooler. I'm Danielle Papagiorgio. Hope you'll join us next time. 